Check, check. Ugh. All right, so. All right. So, we're going to ask you a couple questions. So, maybe just to start off, want to tell us a little bit about yourself and your family? Yep. So, my name is Rich. I'm married to Kristen. She's a dietitian over at Torrance Memorial. She's way smarter than me. She went to Berkeley and did her MPH master's in public health at UCLA. So, she just, go talk to her. Um, we have two uh, wonderful daughters, Aubrey. She's four. She's going to be five in January. And then we have little Rachel, who's two years old. So if you ever serve in the children's ministry, um, you'll see them either in the two or four-year-old class, and we go to first service too. So uh, if you guys go to first service, you might see us around as well. Yes. So you mentioned that Kristen is a dietitian. Can you explain a little bit more what a dietitian is? Well, she does a lot of different things. She's, she's pretty versatile. So for her, she does see patients in the big hospital. So like, you know, they need certain calories or different vitamins or different things. They need to do a lot of math to make sure, oh, you're getting enough phosphorus or whatever, different vitamins and stuff. And oh, feed them this, feed them that. There's that kind of thing. Um, if someone has diabetes, all sorts of stuff. Uh, neo, she was telling me in the neonatal, the little, the babies who came out early, I was like, she said, yeah, they're this small. I just, I was like, wait, do that again. This small? Could you imagine that baby? And they said, we recreate how it would be if they were still in the womb and try to, obviously we can't because God just does it, right? All the things that the mommy gives to the baby, but we recreate it through all the things to get them back to have what they need to breathe. And I was like, whoa, she was telling me that last night. So she went in and did that. And, but she develop, develops programs and does different things in the community. There's a um, I'm real proud because she developed um, a whole new walking path out there. So there's like a walking path for employee wellness that was uh, in one of their magazines and she was the brainchild of that. So she does a lot of different things. She does like a one-on-one counseling with people across the street, uh, kind of like maybe like across from Costco, there's a, another building and she sees patients individually. So um, she does a lot of different things in the hospital individually, teaching classes, doing projects, so. You, yeah, it's a, yeah, so yeah, you can look into the field, nutritionist or you know, dietetics. They have it at Berkeley, UC Davis, and a couple other places. <laughs> so I imagine one of the things that she doesn't just help other patients learn how to eat better, but she's helped you learn how to eat better. Yeah, so I was eating a lot of Chick-fil-A, uh, in and out. I would, I would you know, work out at the 24-hour fitness and then right, walk right over to the Chick-fil-A and eat a fried chicken sandwich. And so my, I'm a skinny guy that would have died of a heart attack. And they're like, what, Rich died? How? Of a heart attack? Really? He's so skinny. And so my cholesterol was like way higher than normal. If you guys know the numbers, it's actually like over, it was over 200. I started dating her and it dropped like 20 points. <laughs> so I just started eating better because of her. So yes. What's an example of like a healthy food that you didn't like before, but you loved it? I mean, you name it, uh, so many things. Um, yeah, like, well, just even things I didn't eat before, like flax seed. I'm like, what's flax seed, you know, and sprinkle it in on your, your, your oatmeal. Um, I'm like, whole wheat pita bread? Why can't we just eat normal? Okay, do you, if you guys know Korean food, I'm actually half Korean, and this, it's called dok manduguk. It's like the, it has the dumplings and the little kind of dough discs. What up? Okay, so I've gr- I grew up eating that, and all of a sudden we're eating dok manduguk. She's like, oh, because my, my, my husband loves it. It's comfort food. I'm like, what is this? It's like a whole wheat dok. I've never, I've, what, what is this? Like, so um, she actually made dok manduguk tonight, and guess what? it was the regular one. I'm like, oh, praise the Lord. So she's, you know, she doesn't want to be known as a, like a food police. So she, you know, she's, she's, um, she's pretty disciplined and, and we eat healthy, but you know, she's, she let the girls have a little bit of Halloween candy tonight. I'm like, really? She's going to let you have that? And so 
Aubrey was eating a big old marshmallow with a, you know, thing. And, awesome. Yeah. So, a lot of grace in your family. Yes. Right, so <laughs> if you had, if you were going to die tomorrow, oh. what would be your final meal? My final meal? Yeah. Oh, goodness. Dok manduguk probably. <laughs> with not whole wheat dok, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. pure white one that's yeah, just pure, pure nothing, yes. All right, cool. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Like, Absolutely. Um, yes. So let's welcome Rich. Just give him a round of applause. Awesome. Thank you, David. That was, that was really fun. Hopefully you guys got to know me a little bit here. I want to be sensitive to time, so I'm going to put a little timer on here. Um, oh, yeah. If you guys can go ahead and, yeah, just a, a several of you guys can go up, grab that worksheet, and just hand it out. I want to encourage you, um, if you have a pen or I saw some pens behind some of these chairs, and if you do grab one, uh, just put it back, but do grab a pen. I really want to encourage you to take some notes um, and then... If you don't have a pen, maybe you can go ask David later. He can probably find you a pen. So um, this is a worksheet for you to, to, for you to take notes, stay engaged, follow along. And then I'll give them a chance to pass that out as I get set up here. Okay, cool. I'm just going to start. Um, I'm, let me just pray. As you guys can keep passing it out, that's cool. I'm just going to pray for us. God, thank you for this time. Uh, would you bless it? God, as we talk about evangelism, God, and I pray just by your spirit that you would be just working in each and every heart here. God, equip us, God, encourage us, stir us, um, even convict us, God, and challenge us. I pray that this would be a beneficial time for uh, your children and all of us and even myself here tonight. So we just give you all the glory for what you will do in advance in our hearts and in our lives and God, we pray through our witness in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. So I believe that if you are a follower of Jesus, that actually God wants to speak through you. And I'm going to go back to that in just a moment here. But if you think about it, as a believer, there's this key. And it's this. It's faith. Everyone say faith. Faith. Everyone say faith. Okay, like when you actually spend time to pray to God and you close your eyes and you pray to God, it takes faith to believe that the God of the universe actually hears you. That takes faith. Or, or when you open up the scriptures in the Bible and you start reading the word of God, it takes faith to believe that the God of the universe speaks to you through his word. And in the same way, it takes faith to believe that when you open your mouth to share the good news of Jesus Christ, that God can actually speak through you. That takes faith as well. So if you're a follower of Jesus, I believe that God wants to speak through you to those who are far from God, whether it be those at your school, your friends, or maybe even people in your own family. And so tonight's seminar is really twofold. Two main things I want to do is, one, I want to, on one hand, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to be a bold witness for Jesus. And on the other hand, I want to equip you. I want to equip you with some practical tools of how to be that bold witness. So I want to start with a quick question that I want you to answer with the neighbor right beside you in like 15 seconds. What are some of the problems that you see in the lives of your peers, friends, or people your age Ready, set, go. Give you 15 seconds. Go. What are some of the problems you see among people your own age? 
It's good I'm hearing people talk. Okay, five, four, three, two, and one. Okay, let's bring it back. Let's just shout some of the things. I heard they get angry, okay, angry or something. Okay, what, what else? Fear of man. Video games. Too much video games. Addicted to video games. Anything else? Grades. Yeah. All sorts of things. I'm sure there's things that you guys said that maybe you're not shouting out loud. There's things that you see. Maybe some things you didn't even say. And, and you see it. There's pain. There's brokenness. There's suffering. There's sin all around you, but even in our own lives. And it, it's, it's just the reality that we live in, in your generation. And I believe even, even the high schoolers and even maybe even the beacon and the college students are asking themselves questions like this. What's the point of life? What's the point of it all? Or asking, is life even worth living? Or even asking, what happens when I die? These are really good questions to think about and even find the answer to. So what can you do? Maybe you, you call yourself a Christian and a follower of Jesus and, and you want to do something, but you don't know what to do. I want to encourage you. God can use you. God can use you. I want to share this story with you real quick. Okay, This happened last school year. This year, though, 2023, in January, uh, we met these students at a public middle school and God had already prepared their hearts and given them a conviction to evangelize their friends as middle school students, even before we met them. And so we had the privilege of coaching them to evangelize and reach students at their campus. And so what happened was that we started coaching them in the month of February this year, we found out that two of the students were being boldly because of the Christian club. And so what did they do? Of course, they quit and said, we don't want to do this because we have fear of man and we also, it's not worth it. No, they didn't do that. They persevered, and they persevered March, April, May. In the last two days of May and the first day of June, they had three days of outreach in the gym where the gospel was going forth, and students were hearing the gospel. And the last day, a student named Nolan stepped up during lunchtime in front of his peers as a sixth grader, shared the gospel, and a result of his faith in the endurance and not giving up, what happened was is 20, about 20 students rose their hand indicating a decision to follow Jesus. Wow, that's incredible. And so I wanted to encourage you to just share that quick story with you because if God could use Nolan as a sixth grader, he's a seventh grader now, this year, he could use you. But I want to pause here for a moment because I want to encourage you, God can use you in the mega things, but God can use you in the very mini and mundane things of everyday life. So he, God can surely use you like a Nolan speaking to a big crowd, but God can also use you as a witness in your everyday, normal, simple, mundane life in situations like when you're just stretching before soccer, basketball, or volleyball practice, and you're sitting next to one of your, your teammates, or when you're at band practice, or when you're at, you know, you're, you're eating in and out and chomping down out a double-double animal style with your buddy, or when you're just hanging out during recess or lunchtime, God can use, that, use you as a witness in a very normal, everyday situation, regardless of where you are. Know this, God can use you. God can speak through you even now as a sixth, seventh, and eighth grader. And God loves to use young people 
and also the adults here too, who, who are willing to stand for Christ, live for Christ, witness for Christ, and even endure the bullying and whatever the, you know, the, the, the stares and the things that people might say about you, endure hardship for his name. Why? Because he's worth it. He's worth it. He's the one who created us and made us and loves us. And so I want to get practical here. What can you do? And so for the rest of this time, I want to frame the rest of this time by sharing with you some practical things. And I want to share with you these five gospel challenges. I'm only going to focus on the first two for the sake of time, which I highlighted there, number one and two. And these are just five ways of actually how do we actually get the gospel out. So you can write those down in your worksheet. I'll leave this up here for a minute or two. Pray five, go witness, teach God's word, give God's word, and lead outreach. And so if we have enough time, I'll go through the last three fairly quickly at the end, but spend most time on the first type, first two. Pray five, what's that? It's very simple. Pray five is this, is simply praying faithfully for five unbelievers every day for five weeks, okay? So seven days a week, five weeks, 35 days, okay? And what are you doing when you're praying for your five unbelieving friends, family, classmates, you're praying, one, that God would save them, that God would open up their eyes to see that living for themselves and living for this world and living for their own pleasure and pride just leads to nothing and leads to death and to turn them to put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. So asking God to save them and turn them to Christ. Number two is then praying that God would give you the boldness and opportunity, that God would open up a door for you to actually share the gospel with them. And so you can actually take this challenge. You guys don't have to do the whole QR code thing, but you can take this challenge. You can write down the names of people that actually come to mind. And I want to encourage you actually um, to actually write down the names of five people on your worksheet. There's a space there. Who are people in your life? Family, friends, classmates, people that you sit next to. And maybe even the most unlikely people at your school, the bullies, one student actually prayed for the person who was just the most unlikely, like the bully in the school, and then that student actually came to Christ. So write that person's name down in your list. I saw a student that some of the Valor students I saw a couple months ago at a conference at Biola um, at, I think, a month or two ago, and I saw a student I saw last December, and he heard about Pray 5, and he saw me. He noticed me because he, he heard about it from me. I saw his dad. And he said, hey, I heard that about, the last time I saw you was when you talked about Pray 5. He's like, but I haven't really done it because I, I prayed more than five people. And his dad's like, he's got sticky notes in his room with na multiple names. And he shared with me that, he's like, nothing happened except until this past spring in chemistry class, he was drawing a cross on the back of a piece of paper. And this kid who was one of the kids he was praying for said, what's that? And it started a text conversation the kid started researching Christianity on his own, and then he roped in his youth pastor to, to start answering hard questions and the text message back and forth, and then he got a text saying from that friend who he's been, he's been praying for on his pray, I don't know, pray 10 list now, I think I'm a Christian. And that's not the end. His family picks him up every Sunday and takes him to church. This kid and his family are not Christian. They don't go to church. That's amazing. <laughs> this is an unlikely person that you can reach and God could use you to reach in your chemistry class when you're in high school, because you're not in chemistry yet, but God could use you in your English class, in your math class, 
in your language arts class, and so on and so forth. So go ahead and write those names down. And actually, I just want to pray over us right now for those people that you wrote down. Maybe you haven't written down them down yet. You want more time to think about it, but I want to just pray. So just bow your heads, close your eyes with me. God, I just pray right now for the names and the people that kind of just shot up in our minds, God, whether it's family, friends, classmates, maybe even people we don't even know that we see at school that we think, oh, that there's, of course, they're probably not a Christian, God, but we pray for them. And we pray, Lord God, that you would turn them to Christ. And God, we pray that you would give me and you would give us boldness to be witnesses to those around us, even in the very everyday life situations that we encounter every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Which brings us to the next challenge, the go witness challenge. And so when God opens up a door and there is an opportunity to share the gospel. Will you be ready? And I want you to be. So I'm going to briefly, just really quickly talk about why. Why should we witness? And then I'm going to talk about how, okay? So why witness? Do we really need to proclaim the gospel? Well, let me give you at least three biblical reasons. You could write this down in your worksheet. Number one, it's a command. Jesus commands it of believers. It says in Acts chapter one, verse eight, it says, uh, when when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, it doesn't say it, then maybe you might be. It says you will be my witnesses. Where? Everywhere. Everywhere. Right where you are and to the end, all the way to the ends of the earth. Another one is it's who we are. If you call yourself a follower of Jesus, it's just who you are. We're called to be ambassadors of Christ. That's what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm not going to quote the whole thing, but it says partly, it says that we are God's ambassadors, that God is making his appeal through us. It literally says that in the Bible, that God wants to actually speak through you. And like I said in the beginning, it actually takes faith. It actually takes, you really believe that God can speak through you. And lastly, real quickly, it's our Christian duty, right? It's also a delight. We'll talk about this in a moment, like the fears and all these things, and a little awkward, but it's a real delight when you actually begin to actually step out. So it's our Christian duty. It's it's a delight. And if we don't, then who will? If we don't, who will, right? The Bible says, Paul says, right, like who's going to, if we don't speak, right, how are they going to hear? And then what does he say in verse 17 of Romans chapter 10? He says this, faith comes from hearing. So if someone's got to hear something, we got to hear the gospel. They got to hear the gospel. Hearing the word of Christ through the word of God, right? People need to hear the gospel. They actually need to hear. So this training I'm going to be giving to you as we go into the how is initiative witnessing. What that is, is really just initiating the conversation with somebody, taking uh, the step to actually start a conversation. But I want to say this, that's just one aspect of evangelism. That's just one aspect of sharing your faith. And so you might be sitting here, I'm not a Nolan. I'm not outspoken. I'm not extroverted. I'm not gifted like that. And I want to say, that is not the issue. The issue is not, I'm not gifted. I'm not extroverted. The the issue is, that's not my personality. That's not my strength. That's not my gift. The issue is obedience and readiness. The issue is, are you ready to respond and engage? Okay? Because, yeah, I'll talk about this in a minute, and we'll go deeper into this. Yes, on one hand, right? Are you ready to initiate and start a conversation? But on the other hand, are you ready to respond and engage in the opportunities that God gives to you through the comments and questions that people ask you? 
So someone says, hey, what's this Christianity thing all about? Like, what's this youth group thing that you go to? Who's this Jesus thing? This G- Why do you pray? The, these little comments that people make, are you ready to engage and respond? Those are amazing moments that you have, but you might be missing them because you might not be looking for them or aware of them. And so 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 that I have on the screen, this is what it says. It says, in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. We saying that you are a holy God, right? And always being what? Prepared. There's a little kind of a homework we got to do. There's a little training we got to do beyond even this time in youth group. And so always being prepared to what? To give an answer to anyone who what? Asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. Also, it says in Colossians chapter four, verses five and six, about outsiders, unbelievers. It says, walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of time. So the way that you live your life matters too. The way that see, people see you living and the way that the, the things they see you do and the, the ways that see, they see you joke or talk, like those things matter. And it says, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. So like I said, your, your conduct matters And God can use your conduct to open up opportunities for you to proclaim the gospel. So are you ready to engage in your everyday life? Like, let's say you're the person who's always opening the door for somebody, or you're the person who, you know, this this student always seems to be dropping their books or folders and all their papers are flying out. Are you going to be that person who's just sitting there like, oh, you know, stinks for them, you know, and they're kind of just shuffling and everyone's kind of laughing like, look at them. Or are you going to be different? And you're going to say, you know what, I'm going to be different. I'm going to be the person who jumps up and always helps that person, no matter if it was a 91-year-old grandma or a nine-year-old boy or a 14-year-old student who's my classmate, and they're going to be like, whoa, thank you for being so kind to me. And you say, yeah, well, God's been so kind to me, and so I want to be kind to you. And even in that little thing that you said, you're proclaiming the gospel. Really? We're talking about God. (laughs) Yeah, like, God showed me kindness through giving me his son, Christ, Jesus Christ. And I know I'm loved and I just want to show you a little bit of that love. That's why I did that. That's why I do this. I'm, anytime I see someone drop something, I run over and I help them. That's, who does that? You can do that, right? And you can proclaim the gospel even through that. It doesn't have to stop with those situations. It could be the way that you run to help your teammate or classmate and even go and help and be a blessing to your teacher, you don't have to be like everybody else who's just wanting, try, pretending to be cool. You can go and actually love people and, and show kindness and be a witness through your conduct. And then when they ask you, why are you being so kind to me? Everyone just passes by me. No one shows kindness to me. I feel like I'm invisible. I feel like no one sees me. You say, no, I see you because I know God sees you, right? That's different. Now you give someone a reason to ask you. And now you have a give them the reason for the hope that's in you and why you do these acts of kindness and love. We're supposed to spur one another towards love and good deeds, it says in Hebrews. That's biblical. And so you can be following and honoring God through that and pointing people to God, even through a random act. Well, what might seem like and look like a random act of kindness, but you're prepared, you're resolved, you already decided you're gonna be that kind of person. So with that said, let me give you a training on one aspect of evangelism, which is called initiative witnessing, okay? So I wanted to talk about a little bit the being ready to respond and engage, right? That's reactive, that's responding, but this is initiating the conversation, okay? And there's five steps that I wanna train you guys in. And you guys can write this down or fill in the rest of your blanks. Prepare the conversation, begin the conversation. I'll leave this up here for you guys. Share the gospel, 
invite the person to respond, and then prepare for follow-up. Prepare for follow-up. This is really simple, number one. Prepare the conversation is prayer. It's prayer. It's really surrendering your fears. I've been doing this for a while. I still have the fears. I still have the reservations. I still have the stubbornness, and sometimes I don't want to, but it's praying, God, God, I surrender my fears. God, empower me by your spirit. And it's a spiritual thing. This isn't a natural thing. This is a, this is a very spiritual thing. But you might be sitting here and thinking, I could never go up to someone and initiate a conversation with someone. That's super scary. Yes, <laughs> I understand that. I have the fears too, like I said. And if you have fears surrounding evangelism and sharing your faith, I want to set the record straight tonight. That's normal. It's totally normal. So if you have the fear, you're not the only one. I have it too. Even though these evangelists that are sharing their faith, they have it too. The pastors that come up here and preach, they have it too. That's normal. It's not strange. And so we need to ask God to put our misplaced fear of man Oh, I care so much about how this person is going to respond. I want them to like me and say, God, I need, to, I need to release that and care much more, a million times more, how you think of me and how you see me. I want to please you more than I want to please this person. I don't even know. <laughs> I want to please you. Help me. And so we can ask God. We can surrender our fears. We can ask him, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with boldness and help me to redirect my fear of man and wanting to please man to want to please you more and obey you more. And so there's a great definition of success in witnessing. Proclaim the gospel, not in your power, but in the power of the spirit and just leave the results to God. Just leave the results to God. See, success isn't measured in you fulfilling these steps. <laughs> your, your success is not checking the boxes and completing some kind of procedure, no. Success is walking out in faith and obedience, even if you didn't even get to the first thing. Because why? God sees your heart that you went and you really took a step of faith. And you might not even got to the part of beginning the conversation. I would say that's success because you're actually exercising a living faith in God. Success is also when you're faithful to pray and you just prayed those things. That's success. Success is being faithful to engage in a conversation that's pointing to God and pointing to Christ. And you didn't even get through all the steps. Totally. There's also great success when you engage in a conversation and the person's super resistant and they're getting super angry in all these things. You're also being successful. That person's just getting angry because you're, you know, there's things that they need to work through. Okay? It's, you're just... You're just sharing the truth, engaging them with gentleness and respect. And sometimes people, they just, you know, there's stuff that they need to work through. But, you're being, but, but we can pray, God, use that. Lead them to you. Show them, you know, show them their, their folly and help them. So if you have fear, you're not alone. And you know what? The fears don't go away. <laughs> they don't go away. And so that's why we need to pray. So the fears aren't strange and we, we should expect them. We need to fear God, not man. Okay, so then now we got to begin the conversation. Now, okay, we prayed. Okay, now we got to begin the conversation. And I love what this high school student said. Five minutes of awkwardness is worth an eternity in heaven. Think about that. Five minutes of awkwardness is worth an eternity in heaven. I heard of an evangelist who does a skit. 
that he's all students and they play a video and there's a girl and it's all dark and she's just like, she's screaming because she's going to hell. And she's, she says, why didn't you, t-? and is it like a letter that she's sending? She's like, why didn't you tell me about this place? And they, they kind of like pull her and she's like, ah, they like, they, 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 they pull her away. And that's, you know, I think we need to think about that eternity. Five minutes of awkwardness and eternity with God in heaven. But we also have to realize there's an eternity in hell. That's why the good news is so good because God delivers us from that and saves us from that. So you gotta begin this conversation. And if you know the person, if you know the person, you can ask them this transition question. This has been so key for me in evangelism, these transition questions. So let's say me and Harrison, we grew up together and we're buddies and we're eating, eating Chick-fil-A um, and my wife's giving me the blessing. I'm eating the fried chicken. And, uh, and so what happens, hey, Harrison, dude, I've known you for 30 years, bro. Like, I've never asked you this. What are your thoughts about God? Period. Okay, let's pause, pause that real quick. That's how easy it is to transition a conversation anywhere, on an airplane, at the airport, at your work, out on the bus, a pedestrian on the road, your friend, your family at Thanksgiving coming up. What are your thoughts about God? You just say it kind of just normal. Like, hey, what, what's your thoughts about God? Oh, God. You know, they, you, know you, just, you just hear what they say. And, and, and then, you know, Harrison's, oh, God, my heavenly father, my Lord Jesus Christ, man, the son of God who forgave me. And, and, and just because you asked that question, I'm like, what? You're a Christian? I had 30 years. I didn't even know. Yeah, like, oh, we're both closet Christians. We didn't know, man. Oh, dude, we got to encourage each other. So the cool thing about using questions is that you eliminate assuming the person is a believer or unbeliever. You'll find out if they are. So, hey, Harrison, what are your thoughts about God? And let's say he doesn't know the Lord. He's like, oh, God, I don't know. He just, he just I don't know. There's a power there, but I don't know. I don't know if he's real. Okay, well, thanks for sharing that. Okay. Uh, hey, what? the second question I asked, so, Hey, what are your thoughts about God? And write this down. How would you describe God if you could describe God? And so when I, when I initiate with people I don't know, I'll say, hey, um, excuse me, can I interrupt you for a second and ask you a few questions? Questions about what? <laughs> uh, questions about God. So you always want to be direct. Oh, questions about like uh, Christmas coming up. And you know, you, you, you don't want to, you, if you're not ready to just be bold and you haven't prayed, it's going to be weird fast and it's going to stay weird, Okay. You need to be bold right away and say, hey, questions about God. And you'll see them roll their eyes like, and they'll say, okay. <laughs> like 99.9% of the time, like they, they, they're, they're open. Sometimes when they're not, I say, oh, can I just even, can I just ask the question? You don't have to answer it, but so that you can just hear the question and decide if you want to answer it or not. And they're like, okay, fine. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, and then I asked the, the first question. Hey, if let's say your little niece came up to you, your little cousin came up to you, your little baby brother came up to you and said, hey, how would you describe God? What would you say to them? And then they just share. And you never want to, whatever they say, even if it's super weird or whatever, you don't want to say anything. You just want to listen. Hey, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts with me. The second question I want to ask you is this, write this down. Who would you say Jesus is? Who would you say Jesus is? Because in every religion, the main issue is who we believe Jesus is. It's everything, understanding who Jesus is. So I want to give you guys some practice right now, real quick. Go ahead and turn to your neighbor, and you guys uh, are friends, and just say, hey, I never asked you this. 
what are your thoughts about God? How would you describe God? And then after you say that, switch and the other person say that, okay? I'm going to give you 30 seconds. I think you can do it. Ready, go. Okay, switch if you didn't switch yet. All right, good job. Everyone, give yourself a one clap. One, two, three. Good job. All right, so what I want you guys to do is I want you guys to uh, pretend now it's a total stranger, okay? So now you guys don't know each other, and you're going to go like this. One person is just going to start, oh, excuse me, can I ask you some questions, questions about God? And just pause, okay? And the other person, you can respond however you want, but then switch, okay? Excuse me. Everyone say, excuse me. Uh, can I ask you some questions? About God? <laughs> That's a really, really high voice over here. Um, okay? And then, and then switch, okay? Ready, set, go. Okay, one clap on three. One, two, three, clap. Okay? Now I want you to say this. I want you to say, and, and, and first person goes, oh, if you can describe God, how would you describe God? Just say it with me. If you could describe God, how would you describe God? Okay? One per first person go, and then switch. Second person go. Ready, set, go. Switch. Two clap on three. One, two, three. Good job. Okay, now you're going to do this. You can say, oh, thanks for sharing those thoughts. Interesting. Now I want to ask you a second question. Who would you say Jesus is? Everyone say, who would you say Jesus is? Okay, so go ahead and practice that. Say, just say, oh, thanks. Thanks for answering that question about who you think God is. Hey, second question is, who would you say Jesus is? Okay, ready, set, go. Switch. Going back to one clap on three, one, two, three. All right. So now the third question is this. Write this down. This is the third. Oh, thanks so much for sharing me your thoughts about how you describe God. Some, some people said some crazy things about Jesus. I was like, how would you describe it? Jesus is an alien. I, like, I held it. I was like, you know, this other dude was like, Jesus was a freedom fighter. I'm not kidding. It's not a lie. I'm not exaggerating. Jesus was a freedom fighter. And this guy was tatted up and all like, he just came out of the gym. He was huge. Um, yeah, you'll hear, you'll just hear some interesting things. So, so this is the third question, okay? Thank you so much for describing who you, you would describe God to be and who you think Jesus is. Um, this question, the last question I want to ask you is just, um, can I take a minute to just share with you how I describe God and who I believe Jesus to be? 99.9% of the time, they say yes. Like, sure, <laughs> because I've listened to them. I've asked them questions. They always, I, I don't, I can't even think of a time I was shut down. Oh, sure. Boom. Now you go to step three, share the gospel, okay? So I want you guys to practice this question. Oh, thanks for sharing your answers to those questions. Can I share how I would describe God and who Jesus is? Everyone say this with, with me. Can I share how I would describe God? and who Jesus is? 
Okay, I want you to practice that. You can even use that voice if you want to. Okay, you guys can go ahead and practice that and then and switch and practice that. Ready, set, go. Okay, switch if you haven't already. Okay, one clap on three. One, two, three. Okay, so yeah, the purpose of me having you guys say it is because we don't usually even say those questions. We don't even say those words, and just practicing it just gets you practice because we want to be prepared to give a reason for the hope that we have, right? So this is really a great way using questions, right? And just, it's a conversation back and forth. And I've really loved this. Um, even training the staff in this and, and we're in my ministry and a lot of them have used it for years and it's been so fruitful. Um, I, was, I had a great conversation with a Mormon man um, a couple weeks ago on a plane and we talked the whole time and I was able to use these questions and share the gospel with him and it was such a joy. So now, could I have a second to share with you who I would describe God and who Jesus is? Sure, green light, boom. And so how I do it is I share the gospel um, in four simple points. Okay, the category of questions that I gave you guys for the first two questions, we call transition questions. We're transitioning the, the conversation to God, okay? Hey, can I ask you some questions, questions about God? You're transitioning the conversation to question the, um, the topic about God. And then when you say, oh, can I share with you how I would describe God and who Jesus is? What is that? That's a permission question. It's such a beautiful way to evangelize because you're, you're transitioning it and you're asking permission. So now you got the green light. They said, yeah, go for it. Share, share with me how you describe God, who Jesus is. So I do it in four simple points. You could, um, you see it in your worksheet, or you can fill it out. God, our condition, God's solution, our response. And so I share with some of the, some of the people here before, but a couple of weeks ago, I was at a Chick-fil-A, um, seldom legal Chick-fil-A, but I was Chick-fil-A this time. And I was eating lunch and these two men walked in and one of them was a the guy who said Jesus was a freedom fighter. He was all tattered up, huge, looked like he came back from like war, but he probably just came from the gym and two big dudes. And I just felt prompted. I was like, I need to share the gospel with these guys, but I kind of didn't want to. And praise God that God cares for these guys infinitely more than I do. That's why I needed to pray, God, okay, give me boldness. And I was, I was practicing this. And I said, okay, let me, let me, God, I'm gonna finish my Chick-fil-A first. <laughs> they sat right next to me. And then I got up and I, I threw it away and I literally turned to these two huge men who could like snap me in half like a saltine cracker, okay? Excuse me, can I ask you guys a couple of questions? Questions about God? They're like, sure. <laughs> so I went, how would you describe God? And one was like, yeah, God's my heavenly father. So I was like, whoa, so this guy's a believer. And this guy was like, oh God, oh, he's, he's essence, he's a power, you know? And then Jesus, oh, Jesus is my Lord and savior. And then this guy, Jesus is the freedom fighter. They were wrong about him. It wasn't 2000 years ago. It was 1000 years ago. Oh, thanks for sharing. Could I share with you how I would describe God and who Jesus is? Sure. <laughs> so right at that Chick-fil-A, I just start sharing with them these four points. I say, I'm just gonna share with you in four simple points. One, God created you. The Bible says in the beginning, this is Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created you. He created the heavens and the earth. I'm like, he created the blue sky. He created the tree, the chicken that we're eating right now, the nuggets, everything God created. But the thing that he created that's even more valuable in the, the, the pinnacle, the apex, the very top of his creation is you. 
is you and me. But secondly, the Bible says that we've all sinned. We've all kind of gone our own way. And we don't even know if there's a God now. And the Bible says that actually calls it sin and sin separates from us from God and sin actually leads to death. And so I shared a little bit of my story, how my mom passed away when I was 14 as an eighth grader. So I, I, I've seen death already. My mom passed away when I was 14. And maybe you guys have had people in your life that have passed away and you've seen it. This was not the way it was supposed to be. And the Bible teaches that when we die physically, if we, are, we don't have a relationship God restored, then we'll be eternally separated in a place called hell. God will punish and judge sin. And that's not my words. That's what it says in the Bible. But number three is this. God made a way. He made a way by sending his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to live the perfect life that you and me have not lived and to die the death that we deserve on the cross. And on the cross, the wrath of God, the judgment, the punishment for sin was going on Jesus instead of you and me and for those who turn from their own ways in their sin and believe. And Jesus died and he was buried. And three days later, he rose from the grave, defeating the grave and defeating death. And the Bible teaches that those who turn from their sins and put their trust in Jesus Christ can be made and washed clean and be forgiven and be given a new heart and be given the spirit of God to begin living a life for God with joy and obedience. And so I shared that with them there. But I want to be honest because there's parts of evangelism that I'm still growing in. Because I wish I would have asked them this question very clearly, which is inviting them to respond, which is right here, inviting them to respond. And so we want to prepare the conversation, begin the conversation, share the gospel. Number four is invite them to respond. And with that, I just want to ask you two men, well, maybe this really only that one guy, right? Hey, I want to ask you, like, it seems like, you know, your, your buddy here seems to have a relationship with God, but who would you say is on the throne of your life? Who's the master? Who's in control of your life? Are you calling the shots? Is it you or Jesus? And just see what he says. And then the next question is, who do you want to be in control of your life? Who do you want to be the boss? Who do you want to be calling the shots on your life? You or Jesus? and just see what they say. And they say, oh, me. <laughs> I'm in the control of my life. I'm on the throne. Who do you want to be on the throne? Me. <laughs> okay. Well, what's preventing you from putting your faith in Jesus? Well, I love doing all this uh, stuff, you know. I don't know what they're going to say, but they could, you know, but that's a good question to ask. If they're me on the throne, well, who do you want to be? Me on the throne. And you're like, what am I supposed to say? Ask another question. Well, what's preventing you from making God and Jesus in control of your life? Just see what they say. So I need to grow on that. I've come committed this year to really grow on that, be asking that question more and engage people deeper. I asked a retired lady this. I, asked, I went into a 91-year-old man, broke my heart. He had no idea what, about the scriptures. He's like, oh, what are you, I don't believe in this. They wrote stuff on a rock and then they got translated. He was just making stuff up. I'm like, moot, dude, this guy knows nothing. 91-year-old man from Luxembourg outside of a Starbucks and a retired lady that was with him. And I, I, actually, I actually asked her that question. I said, who's on the throne of your life? You are Jesus. And you know what she said, said to me? Old lady, she said, I'm gonna, she said, like, I felt like she said, Sonny, but she didn't say that. But she was just like, I'm gonna think about that all day today. And it seemed genuine. So I really pray that she did think about it that day and that God met her in that. But that's a great, another question to write down. If they, if they kind of object, 
What's holding you back? What's preventing you from moving towards God when God's moved towards you? So we can ask that question. There's so much more I can share with you guys. Um, if someone does want to receive Christ, what do you do? Should we pray with them? What do we do? Um, I used to do this thing, uh, a way to re- help myself remember to lead someone into prayer, just to verbalize out loud their commitment. So the green, if they say yes, invite them to pray, to verbalize the commitment they've made in their heart. Hey, I just want to lead you in a prayer that is about, um, and you can write this down, R B C. okay? That's a prayer of just repenting. That just means thinking differently about the way that you've been living your life. That's turning from your sin. R is repent. B is believe or trust. You have faith. You're putting your faith in Jesus and what he's done for you to forgive you. And C is to confess. Confess him now as the Lord of your life, the one who's in control. To confess and to commit, right? So R, B, C. And you can just, you can just pray that uh, with them. Hey, pray this with me. God, I repent for my sin. I turn from my ways but I believe that you sent your son to die for me so I could be forgiven and washed clean and have a relationship with you and start following you. I confess you now as the Lord, Lord and Savior of my life right now, today, and forever until you call me home. It's crazy. The, the founder of this ministry is on his last leg. He's, he's going to go see Jesus. I thought he was going to pass away on Saturday. He's still alive. <laughs> and uh, it's wild. He's still going. He is still, he's on the phone with people, um, ministering to people, and uh, being faithful to do that. Um, what I want to do with you, uh, give you guys a chance to do real quick, is actually um, just try practicing that. It might feel clunky a little bit, but now you, you've gotten the green light, okay? Turn to a person and pick one person that actually, one of you that wants to actually share the four points, okay? I'm going to leave it up there, and I'm going to give you guys a little bit longer, just a couple minutes here, but go ahead and say, um, whoever's going to be the one who's going to share these points, Start with the question, hey, um, can I share with you what I, how I would describe God and who Jesus is? The other person say yes. Okay, don't be a troll, just say yes. And they're like, no, right? Okay, say yes. And then um, go ahead and proceed to say, oh, God created us. You know, just try what you know. You've, you've been, maybe you've, you've been, maybe you're new or maybe you've been here for a while, but just try your best to kind of share what you know, okay? So ready, pick someone who's gonna actually share it. Ready, set, Go. All right, let's bring it back. Give me a, a two clap on three, one, two, three. All right, so I wanna encourage you, you know, this is something we can continue to prepare and, and, and practice. So I wanna encourage you, you know, do this together with your friends. Hey, let's, let's keep practicing that. Do this with your, hey, mom, can I practice with this with you at home, right? Your dad, right? Um, just, I wanna encourage you guys, it, it, you know, just don't let this hang, you know, do something with it, you know, um, cultivate it. Uh, study this. Let's talk about it more. Talk to me about it. I love to talk, hear your questions. I love to talk about this with you, share more with you. There's so much more I want to share with you, but I want to kind of blitz through these things to give you a, another window and a glimpse beyond the, the witnessing, because there's these five challenges, and there's some objections. Okay, I've heard the gospel already before. I don't need to share with them. That's quick. We could just, they actually need, people need to hear it many, many times, okay? And uh, really, at the end of the day, it's God who's, who actually is the one who changes the heart, okay? So, even if they heard it once, they might need to hear it 50 times before they actually respond. And um, you can look up John chapter 4, verses 37 to 38 later. Objection two, objection 2 is, I might not know the answer to the questions. And you know how you respond to that? I don't know the answers, right? You can say, I don't know. It's as simple as that. That's the answer. 
If you think I might not, not know all the answers to the questions, that's okay. Go out and be bold anyways. And then when they say, well, what about this? Say, well, I don't know. <laughs> Just be honest and say, I'll go ask Pastor David or I'll go ask my mom or ask my, ask my dad. I'll ask my small group leader, okay? And then what happens is that you can continue a conversation with them. It doesn't all have to happen in one conversation. It can be, it's a relationship and you can keep that going, especially if you know the person. So I wanna encourage you, pick a person from your Pray 5 list or maybe someone that you see on campus and start praying for them and asking God to give you boldness to share with them and open up a door to share with them too and actually practice with each other. There's three other challenges that I wanna blitz through real quick. This is Casimir Middle School. So um, Samantha, one of uh, some of the Casimir Middle School's peers, she's an eighth grader this year, but a few of the students uh, of the Christian club and some of the leaders are here, um, but she's, four of them have been doing devos in their Christian club. And so if that's something that you're, you're interested in, you know, we can talk more. I'd love to share with you more and, and get you some resources and encouragement with that and even get your parents involved in that. How fun would that be to, for them to help you make some devos for um, a Christian club? And we can also help you start a Christian club if you wanna do that too. That's what my ministry does. Uh, not, not everything, but that's a part of what we do, help students um, share the gospel through their club. Um, give God's word. That's just uh, a challenge to, we can give you guys Bibles and even a gospel of John's to pass out to your friends. And we've seen students get saved. One student in middle school said, um, basically told her friend, like, I denounce you because, I, because of Christianity in middle school. Can you believe that? And then in high school, they had an outreach because we were helping these students do uh, outreach. And she got a free Bible and she started reading it and she got saved. And she went to her friend and said, hey, like, I'm I'm, I, believe, I believe in the Lord now, and now she's a part of the club. So it's just like crazy. Like we're, we're hearing multiple stories of people just getting the Bible. Like, what is that? Oh, this is the Bible. Oh, I've heard of something like that before. Like people have no idea even what the Bible is. So give God's word and see how God can change someone's life. Another one is lead outreach. So if you want to uh, reach your campus, we can help you do that through a Christian club and getting, giving many, many students a chance to hear the gospel like Nolan. Um, it's illegal if you're wondering. Um, First Amendment Equal Access Act. Um, I don't wanna go into that for the sake of time, but I just wanted to share this. I wasn't planning to share this and I wanna end with this. Um, so basically, I just wanna share with you this, um, the significance of the cross, maybe in a way that you haven't heard before. Maybe you have, or maybe it's a reminder. But this actually came about and developed as I was witnessing to somebody. It just all formulated in my head. And it's different than the normal courtroom scene that you hear about in, when people talk about the gospel. And so how I, when I talk with people and evangelize with them on the street or on the plane, I'll say, hey, like, when I talk about the gospel and talk about Jesus and the cross, sometimes I slow down and I share this if I think there's more time. And I say, hey, you know what? Like, okay, let's believe, oh, I did this with my dentist last week. Isn't that crazy? I was cleaning my teeth. And then he, the guy claimed this, he came back and then I share with him because he was talking about the day of the dead, like Dia los Muertos or something is in, in the Hispanic culture. It's like the day of the dead. So he's talking about that. I'm like, do you believe in that? So we had this little conversation. Anyways, I wanted to drop a little kind of pebble in his shoe for him to think about. And so I said, okay, let's just assume there's God. Okay, let's just assume there's a God. And if God is God, then God is infinite. There's no beginning, there's no end. Okay, okay, and then, let's believe that, it, let's assume Jesus is God, okay? Jesus is the son of God, Jesus is God. Therefore, he is infinite. There's no beginning or end with Jesus. And so Jesus lives this life that we fail to live. He lives it perfectly, following all the commandments, never sinning. And he dies upon the cross, an unjust death, because he did nothing wrong. 
but he's dying an unjust death, okay? And as he's hanging there, the wrath of God is being poured upon Jesus, okay? And so I say that's an, that's an infinite price to pay for the sins of those who put their faith in Jesus. And so I, so I said to the guy, what if someone came in with a gun into this dentist's office and he pointed the gun at you and I said, no, his, guess what? I was like, I have to witness this guy because I looked at his name tag, Christian. <laughs> I have to, dude, I have to witness to this guy. His name's Christian. And so I was like, no, and I, boom, I take the bullet. I'm a Christian. I'm finite. I'm not infinite. I'm just the man. I can't die for Olivia up there. Or for, I think for Phoebe or something, the, the receptionist. I can't die for Dr. Lee. I can't, I, I only die for you because I'm only one man. I'm not God. I'm not infinite. But when Jesus died on the cross, because he's God, he's infinite. And the wrath of God was being poured upon him. That was an infinite price to pay for anyone who would repent from their sin and put their faith in Jesus, who say, yes, I believe you're forgiven. You're forgiven. Yes, you're forgiven. Why? And then I said this, what if we caught the bad guy who killed me, Okay. And we went to court. And we all saw it. You guys were there at the dentist's office that one day for some reason. It's like, whoa, it was packed that day, right? And then you guys saw the dude. Yeah, blonde hair, whatever, right? And it, all the evidence, the DNA samples, like that guy did it. We caught him, right? And the judge looked at all the evidence and was like, he can go free. Would that judge, would, would that be justice or injustice? Injust. Would the community of the South Bay be like, wow, that's a great decision? Or would they be like angry headlines? They'd be angry, right? Headlines, right? Would they say, we should keep that judge in the seat of judgment? He's a good judge, right? No, we better kick him out of that seat of judgment because he's a bad judge. In the same way, if God is a God of justice, then somebody has to pay the price, right? If God said, you're all forgiven, you're all free, and no one pays the price, then God would be unjust. We got to kick him off the heavenly seat of judgment. But no, he is just. And the only, and what you see at the cross is you see divine justice of God. And you see Jesus not saying, take me off this cross. He stayed on that cross because he loved you. He knew this was the only way. So you see on that cross, divine justice and divine love meet right there in a beautiful, powerful display of glory and power for you and me. And then I said to the guy, how did you even know that was unjust? And how did you even know justice? I said, Christian, because you've been made in the image of God. Because God's a God full of justice. And you've been made in the image. You know there's right and wrong. And then I said, hey, God bless you. <laughs> I left you. I set my appointment for next time. And that was it. But I want to share that with you guys because maybe that's something you haven't thought about before. I want you guys to think about that too. And even use that in your witness as well. So let me pray for you guys and let you guys go. Father, thank you so much for this time. There's so much more, but Father, we thank you for this time. Thank you for every single person here and the fun we got to have with the, the role play as well. We just give you the glory. God, use us, equip us, God. We are, we are weak, we are fearful, God. We're prone to, to not be bold, God. So Lord, help us do a work in our hearts, God. Do a work that only you can do in us. Equip us, strengthen us, God. Help us to look to you, not ourselves, to do, uh, help us be equipped and be strengthened and open up doors and give us opportunities to be a witness and point people to you, even as we say, God bless you, or it's because of God, or it's because of Jesus. So we thank you, Lord. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name, amen.